It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 607 at News Talk WSB, 54 degrees outside. It is 12th noon in Rome, Italy, and about the same, as a matter of fact, my friends, because I am newly arrived back home from a great garden tour to Italy, to Rome, to the Amalfi Coast, which goes down the western side of the, the shin, let's say, of Italy, down to the toe to the boot, on an overnight ferry over to Sicily, and we had a great time. It was more fun. You know, I do these garden tours a couple of times a year. You can sign up for them, by the way, if you go to my website and click Tours or Croatia or wherever the heck we happen to be going. You can sort of see what we do. But this was a wonderful tour group, about 29, I think, people we had together there, 29 people from all over Georgia, some couple from Chicago, a couple from uh, Florida. And they were just as nice, just as nice as you can possibly be. They asked me, a couple of them asked me toward the middle of the trip, and they said, Walter, are all of your groups as nice as this one is? And I said, yeah, yeah, they all are. They, the gardeners, I think, as a group, are gregarious. They're curious. They're accepting. They're uh, ready for adventure. They're just ready to go do things. Let's go see what we can see around the corner. And that was certainly the case with this group that we took to, to Italy. It was hey, Walter. much fun. Can I say how much we missed you? Welcome back. You did. I missed you, too. We really did. Did you know that we listened to you last Saturday? So I heard. I did. We turned it because if you're six hours ahead, of course, it was about noon, about lunchtime last Saturday. And so I pulled up on my little cell phone, listen live, WSBRadio.com. And there you were, you and uh, Mark and Nicole talking about uh, hibiscus, I believe. Mickey talking about hibiscus here. So you can listen to WSB in Italy, in Any, Europe, anywhere, anywhere in the world. Anywhere you want to, anywhere you have a connection. So we want to hear more about your trip. Yeah. So that may just have to hang on one second, because yeah. I have a couple of people I want to introduce. Oh. First, we have O'Neill Williams on the line. Say good morning, O'Neill. Good morning, O'Neill. Good morning, O'Neill. Just as instructed. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And we also have Condis Presley, the Operations Manager and Community Affairs Director for WSB. Good morning, Condis. Good morning, Ashley. Good morning, O'Neill. Good morning, Walter. Welcome back. What are these two being on, on line with you this morning for? What is this for? This is a very special day, Walter and O'Neill. Our listeners know that for, gosh, now almost 30 years, you know, if you're too busy to be outdoors, O'Neill, you say you're just too busy. And Walter, as we just heard you talk about on your trip to Italy, gardeners are some of the most wonderful and inquisitive people in the world. And you know what? Because of the more than 20 years that you and O'Neill have done wonderful things, informing and entertaining WSB audiences with great outdoors and great lawn and garden information, I have a very special announcement for both of you from the <laughs> Georgia Radio Hall of Fame. Oh, Lord. Well, my goodness. 
<laughs> this year, the Georgia Radio Hall of Fame is going to be honored to recognize you, O'Neill Williams, and you, Walter Reeves, with the 2018 Founders and Directors Award. There is a big, big, big event planned. Wow. In October, so uh, go ahead and hold that third weekend, the Georgia Off Weekend Open, because we're going to go to the Georgia Radio Hall of Fame, have a party, celebrate your induction into the hall with the Founders and the Directors Awards. I want to be the first to say congratulations. What a surprise. What a surprise. I am speechless. I never expected anything like this. O'Neill. We've been around for a Neither. while, but never the Radio Hall uh, of Fame, did I think? Uh, and I'm I'm flattered, and but I guess probably the first thing that comes to mind, Condis, is whether there's any money involved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, okay. Right, for all you're worth, all right. right. We'll see what we can do about that. You know, they, they say there's at least a $1,000 bonus of being a member of the Radio Hall of Fame, O'Neill. I think we need to keep that in mind throughout I, our negotiations I, next I, year. I think so, and I'll go ahead and obligate myself so that I can put it on a credit card. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, on behalf of John Long, who is the director of the Georgia Radio Hall of Fame, uh, who wanted to, the official announcement's coming out on May the 1st, but he and the, the members of the hall wanted you, sirs, to be the very first to know about this tremendous honor, the Founders and the Directors Award, presented this year to you, O'Neill Williams. Williams, and to you, Walter Reeves, from the Georgia Radio Hall of Fame. Well, well uh, O'Neill is uh, flattered beyond belief and honored, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm very, very proud. Oh, and I am, too. And we are so proud of the both of you, and we are so delighted and thrilled that you guys are members of the WSB Radio family and have been for decades and hopefully for decades to come. Well, thank okay, you, Condis. You I guarantee it. Thank you. Thank you, Condis. We appreciate Good. that. Congratulations, guys. Thank you so much for letting me interrupt your show this morning, O'Neill. Thank you for hanging over. And, Walter, welcome home. <laughs> thank you, dear. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, Condis. See you, O'Neill. You bet. Well, let's see. I'm supposed to stick around here and talk about something, I believe. You know what, O'Neill? Never in yeah. my time knowing you and Gail have I lied to you, but I, I had to lie to you. <laughs> you did. You did it to me, didn't you? What did you say? <laughs> yes, I am very, very sorry. I was very nervous about lying to you, but it was for a good reason. Okay. So well, you're off the hook, I, well, but congratulations not, I, to both of you. You've been a pleasure to work with, and the staff has learned so much from both of you. So just continue <laughs> to do the fine work and entertainment that the two of you have always done. Wonderful. Congratulations, Walter. Congratulations, O'Neill. Ashley Frasca, you pulled one over on us. Poor O'Neill, I know. I felt really bad. What did you what did you tell him to lie to him? Well, I told him we really needed him to hang over because you were just so excited to talk about food plots. And who better <laughs> to talk about food plots than O'Neill? So he was like, all right, I can do it. Uh, well, I guess that sort of fits with what we're going to do. You it worked. What? I want to talk to uh, Nicole for a minute. Nicole's on the line. Let's talk to her for a minute. Nicole welcomes us from the great city of Griffin, GA. Hey, Nicole. Mr. Can you believe that, Nicole? They just gave me a huge award. I'm, I'm just shocked, dumbfounded, 
stuttering here because I can barely under, understand the ramifications of it. That's pretty awesome. Well, good for you. You work hard for 20 more years. Every Saturday morning early, Mr. O'Neill, too. He's got to get up at, I don't know. Yeah, way earlier than I do. That's the good thing about my show. At least I'm a little later than O'Neill. Don't have to listen to him. So, Nicole, in your travels and your driving, your other travels around the, the, the state and the country, have you ever been to other gardens, to other places, to other beautiful places around the country or other places around the world? Uh, not around the country. In Canada, we don't. We have some, but they are seasonal because in winter time, you know, nobody wants to walk in, in the <laughs> snow, and the snow is so deep you don't see anything. But there's a lot of them in Georgia, like Barnsley, yeah, oh, and yeah. um, Jackson's got a new one. It's built on the rock. I mean, just built way high. So you know they have to be really creative because yeah. the water, you know, comes down. And uh, there's one here in Griffin, and it's experimental. Yeah, yeah the UG Experimental Garden, they're beautiful all year long. Yes, Iris, all kind of colors. And uh, Iris, you will never see on the market now because they experiment, you know, all yeah. kind of colors and everything. Then they be on the market, oh, 10 years from now. It takes it takes a long time. I remember it's been at least ten years ago when Scott um, Scott the uh, blueberry breeder down there, Scott Neesmith, was showing me a blueberry. It was the biggest as big as my thumb, and he said, "We're going to introduce this the next year. We're going to call it O'Clockney, and it's going to be a great blueberry. Everybody will want to buy it and grow it in the gardens." And sure enough, within a year or two, it was introduced, and now it's on the market retail. People can buy that blueberry, but it came from right there near your house, Nicole, the O'Clockney blueberry. Yes. So many blueberry because this time the year you can recognize them. They're shorter, yeah. and the leaves are uh, grayish blue. They're not like our, you know, regular blueberry, big old blueberries. And uh, boy, they can produce. You can yeah. put them in the back of your house, you know, in the big pot. Yeah. They're still producing a great amount. You know, speaking of backyard plots, Nicole, in Italy, everybody seems to have a backyard plot where there are vegetables and tomatoes and greens and things like that. But to have an olive tree and a citrus tree of some sort, they've got apples, uh, not apples, but um, uh, lemons and oranges and uh, grapefruit and olives, of course. And of olives, they've probably got 20 or 30 or 40 different varieties of olives that grow there. Peaches and ci- I mean, the citrus and the uh, lemons, the same thing. So everywhere you go in Italy, you see something growing. It's because the space over there is probably really limited yeah. because the house is so close from one to the other, and the neighbor are really close, so you have to get to get along, you know. And a little bit of greenery around your house helps you with the neighbor, you know. Yeah. It, it was it was pretty impressive to see how conservative they are with their land. In other words, every bit of land that can be used to produce, they use it. They use it. They don't want any land to go to waste. We didn't see many fields that were empty and nothing being done to them. We didn't see many you know, places that you didn't think anything would, would grow there. Did you see those uh, big olive trees? We saw olive trees, Nicole, that were hundreds and hundreds of years old. Unbelievable. Hundreds of years old. And they produce still producing a lot. Oh, sure. Are they, uh, the tree out there in the valley, how did they get those trees to live that long? Well, they got the right environment, that is the first thing, and I think that is probably the most important thing for any 
plant is put in the right environment that it can tolerate. And so for the olive trees that like that climate of not too terribly cold in the wintertime, but a lot of rain in the spring, and then dry off in the summertime, and not too hot in the summertime either. It gets hot. It gets 90 degrees down there pretty commonly. But at least the weather is somewhat moderated in the Mediterranean region, and so the olives just love that. They don't, by the way, one of the things I learned is they rarely, if ever, water their olives, or sometimes their citrus either, because they figure, we'll let these plants you know, develop on their own and not have watering, and they won't be as dependent on irrigation as uh, some in the U.S. would be. And so they don't do much irrigation at all in Italy. Well, they have the ocean on both sides if you are on the bottom of the... Uh, yeah, and that moderates temperatures, too, probably. It makes it you know, easier for the plants to survive because it doesn't get that cold next to the ocean. Yeah, the moisture around them, boy, they live long. I have a brother-in-law from Italy, and he was telling me about this big olive tree. The olive tree were probably the first tree over there, isn't it, because they're in the Bible. It could be. could be. It's certainly one that is productive. It gives food that you could eat for a long time during the year. You could preserve olives, of course, and really make a, make a meal out of it. Nicole, I'm looking at the time, and I see that we've got to go. I wish we could talk longer, but it's wonderful to hear your voice. I missed you terribly. I heard you on the radio last Saturday, listened to you and... The others talking about hibiscus last year, last week. So everybody on the bus thought you were a charming and wonderful person and said they wished you well. I enjoy your day, and congratulations. Thank you, dear. Thank you, dear. Thank you, dear. Enjoy your day as well. At 620, we'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today and tomorrow, pretty comfortable. Sunny today. Tomorrow, comfortable as well. High today of 75 degrees and low of 47 overnight. Sunday, high of 69, low of 45. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. By the way, speaking about my trips we, that we do, we do usually two a year, and I announce them on radio after I've already notified the people who've been on previous trips because I figure my alumni get a little bit of special consideration. But if you want to be on that sort of alumni list, I also lump in people who email me and say, hey, send me some notification about your trips. So if you want to be on one of these garden trips, about 30 people gallivanting all over Europe, we think next, uh, next spring we may do a chartered riverboat to Cambodia and Vietnam, possibly stopping in Hawaii on the way over the way back. That ought to be some fun there, too. Croatia in the fall is full, but if you want to put yourself on the waiting list, you can do that as well. It's 628 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more more Lawn and Garden right after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.35 on a Saturday morning, 54 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, a Georgia gardener. New honoree into the Georgia 
Broadcasters Hall of Fame, I just found out. And I'm here to help you be more successful in your landscape, or at least get you a little bit happy. If you are not happy when you're not in your landscape or walking around your lawn or looking at your flowers or just being outside on your property, if you're not happy, then why do you have it? Why do you have that much? I mean, that's a great question. If, you have, if you're not just really excited after you finish mowing your lawn, why, why, why do you have that much lawn? It's a great question. We'll have Clint Waltz here in just a minute. Clint is my UGA turf expert. If you have a lawn question today, start calling at, eight, at 7 o'clock this morning because Clint will be here to answer your gardening lawn questions. Our number, of course, 404-872-0750. First in line, David and Tucker. Let me get my pointer over here. Hey, David, good morning. Uh, morning, exalted one. Uh, are you going to get a new title? I mean, they're going I'm, to have... I'm hoping for a crown, or at least a cape. Well, yeah, you know they're going to have to make a new doorway for that room you're operating in, so yeah. you get your get my ego through that maybe they have something i can put on my car a nice car wrap that says here is a member of the georgia radio broadcasters hall of fame inside this car autographs ten dollars maybe they'll give you a special parking space uh i always say it's better inducted than indicted so (laughs) it's well said (laughs) well said david thank you for that so so what do you want to talk about this morning david well, I've got a friend of mine in White County that has a plant that uh, all her friends just call a wildflower, but she's put it in her garden, and it grows to be about five or six feet tall. It has yellow blossoms and some perennial, and I want, and apparently it's native. I wonder if you had any uh, speculation what that might be. What do the leaves look like? Are they real toothed and sharp, sharp uh, lobed? Uh, I think they're pretty elongated, if I remember from her description. Five or six feet tall, you know, delineates, or takes away, I guess, a lot of plants. And I'm thinking here of wild lettuce uh, possibility. I was thinking at first you're going to talk about hawkweed. Hawkweed is only about a foot, foot and a half maybe tall, has yellow flowers right now. But you're six feet tall, is not hawkweed. Um, as far as native plants, of course, you had two or three weeks ago, we had the uh, Carolina jessamine. It was blooming wild in the trees with yellow flowers, but I don't think any more of those are blooming now. So, well, you know, my answer is going to be, David, tell her to get some pictures digitally done by her digital camera or cell phone, one or the other, and upload them to my website at the Name That Plant part, and we'll see if anyone else has an idea what it is. Okay, will do. That is what we want to do. Let somebody who knows what they're doing identify these plants. And the woman who does most of the plant identification, David, is a spectacular, untrained botanist. She is in Texas somewhere, Denton, Texas, I think. And she has had zero knowledge, zero training, I should say, in taxonomy or biology or botany or anything like that. She can identify any plant in the world just about from 50 yards away. She is so good. Laura 637 is all I know her as, but Laura 637 She's the she's the bean. She's the berries. Wow, and fun at parties, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> David, it's great talking to you again. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. All right, man. 404-872-0750 is the number. You can dial and get David's place right there. Tyler is up and coming, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, well, Tyler. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking the call. Sure. And congratulations, by the way, on the induction to the Hall of Fame. Thanks, sir. What can I do for you? 
Hey, I've got a peach tree that's been in the ground for about five years now. So it's growing peaches. It was looking good until about a week ago. And the ends, the very ends of the branches, the leaves are starting to wilt a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that's something from maybe overspray from grass and weed killer or if there's anything that I can do about it or if it's too late. Could be. How close was the grass and weed killer sprayed? I mean, it's it's sprayed right around the tree. I, I mean, the grass comes right up next to the tree. Yeah. Hot day, windy day, anything that might move that chemical up into the leaves? It might have been. I'm not entirely sure. I'll tell you how it distinguish the herbicide damage from another very common springtime peach disease called peach leaf curl. And as the name describes it, the peach leaves curl. That's what they do. So okay. the way to tell them apart, I think, is the um, herbicide damage is going to be the leaf will, generally speaking, stay green. It'll twist. It'll be wilted. It'll you know, just won't look right, as you've noticed or your friend has noticed. But um, the peach leaf curl has got a lot of red in it. There'll be reddish sort of blotches on the leaves when they turn over and curl down. So if the leaves seem pretty uniformly green, I'm going with the herbicide damage. If they got red in them, I'll go peach leaf curl, the fungus. Okay, and there's really nothing to do at that point after? Mm, peach leaf curl it can be controlled. You can spray it with um, uh, one of the copper fungicides like Conap or two or three more. Another copper fungicide it doesn't bring to my mind right now. You can spray with copper fungicide, but peach leaf curl is one to think about anyway. And if you want to look online for more images of those leaves, and then, frankly, you know, Justin, you can look on or Tyler, I mean, you can look online and find images of lots of herbicide damage too. And you could probably say herbicide damaged peach tree and find a bunch of images of that as well. And you can compare the two on your tree. Okay. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. It's a great pleasure. Thanks for calling, Tyler. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven thirty is my number. Edwina up in Delanaga. Join us on the Lawn and Garden Show. Edwina, good morning. Good morning. Hi. Uh, my question is, we always plant our tomato plants every year, and we've been up here about 10 years, and I would always get, you know, lots and lots of tomatoes. But now, when I get the plant up, you know, maybe five, six feet tall, it has plenty of tomatoes, and I get that one crop. But the plant starts dying. It starts, you know, yellowing from the bottom. Yeah. I have sprayed, um, and I, I don't know why it's doing that. Hmm. Like Tyler, I'll give you two choices. You get to do the homework to figure out which one is right. Okay. All right. Choice number one. If the tomato variety is called a determinate tomato, those are mm -hmm. tomatoes that tend to grow to a certain height to produce all the fruit, and then they sort of peter away and die. So well, if these you are have, indeterminate. Say it again? Indeterminate. Uh, you have indeterminate tomatoes. Well, that tells us that we have a tomato that could grow 12 feet tall if it felt like it, if it had a long enough growing season. And it typically can get diseases called one of the, e the early ones, er or the easy ones, early blight. And early mm -hmm. blight, basically lower leaves turn yellow, and then there's rain or water splashes the disease up to the upper leaves. It splashes up the uh, trunk of the uh, tomato vine. It causes mm -hmm. the whole thing to die after a while. You may have enough time with enough leaves to make one crop of tomatoes, but then the rest of the year, the tomato sort of struggles around and doesn't make many flowers and doesn't have many fruit on it either. So it's possible, sounds like probable, that you have early blight on your tomato. Is there anything I can Well, of do course. Of course it. you called here for research and information and science, and I'll tell you what you can do. 
Number one, when you plant the tomato, mulch around it to make sure no soil gets just splashed up onto the leaves from the rainfall or anything else. My, my friend Mickey Gasway actually, she says, I spread my mulch and then I plant my tomato through the mulch just to make sure she doesn't get any dirt on the leaves. The first okay. couple of leaves that you see, if this tomato seems to be growing pretty vigorously, then pinch off the first yellow leaves that you might see and maybe you can stop it just by, you know, by sanitizing, by taking away the diseased leaves. And if it just doesn't want to stop for you, then consider spraying a fungicide. And there's two or three to use. One is captan, one is daconil that are labeled for use on vegetables. So you can spray, and then it stops the disease from going any further from that point. Okay. Well, I'll try that then. One more thing. Are you rotating around, Edwina? Are you putting the tomatoes in one place one year and one place the next year? Uh, Yes. If you do that, you have less possibility, I guess, of the disease because diseases do build up in the soil. They build up in places where you have tomato after tomato after tomato. And so by moving around a little bit, putting beans or corn or squash or something where you had the tomatoes last year will help you to, um, to avoid disease in the years to come. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Good luck with it. Thanks for calling. I enjoyed talking mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. We got Nick on the line. Nick's in Fulton County and joins us. Hey, Nick. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Hey, man. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Um, look, I had uh, all this recent rain we've had. Uh, I have this red cedar in my front yard, and it it, it had these balls on the ends <laughs> of, ends of the limbs. Yeah. They almost looked like Christmas ornaments. Yeah. Uh, uh, and there were more. Uh, there must have been 20 of them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A guy uh, yesterday pretty, emailed me and said the same thing. He, it was, his name was Rich, and he said, I have a Christmas tree, an orange bald Christmas tree is exactly how he described it. And then he said, these, exactly. what you say. And they are, or the, the orange things are the sporulating bodies of cedar apple rust, which is a disease that affects both cedars and apple trees. Cedars not so badly because it doesn't really make them defoliate, but on an apple tree, once those spores go over to the apples of the neighborhood, they make these little yellow dots, and the whole apple tree sort of loses most of its leaves by July in the summer, which is wow. good for apple production. So if you notice on your on your cedar trees in the fall, after the orange thing is dried up in the summertime, they'll have these little brown walnut-type things. That's what they look like, the brown walnut gobs on the ends of the branches. Yeah. And that's what will develop into the orange ball, gooey things that you see right now. So if you can get a ladder up in the cedar tree, it's a good idea to try to look for all those walnut-shaped things you can find and take them out of the tree, certainly. And if you've got an apple tree, you could choose either to spray it to prevent the fungus from developing on the leaves, or you could choose to take down the cedar tree so your apple tree would thrive without the cedar apple rust. You get to decide that. Okay, so uh, I wondered if there might be a spray. You know, it's so tall, it's, uh, you know, not accessible. So the other option, I guess, would be to remove the tree yeah, I guess so. Unless you think you can get a ladder and get up there and remove the walnut gall things on the ends of the branches. All right. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you, Kurt Nix. Good talking to you. Uh-huh. See you soon. It's 647 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. 
brought to you by Ackerman Security. Get a comfortable degree, comfortable temperatures for the next couple of days. Today, the high around 70, mid-72 or 3, low overnight 47. Tomorrow, the same low overnight. Tomorrow, about 45. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSV. Since we have our guest, Clint Waltz, here from Griffin to talk about turf, I'm going to hold Rob from Beltsville just a little bit in the next hour. We'll talk to him about his Zoysia plugs. And Bob and Lawrence will join us. Hey, Bob. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. What's happening, Brother Bob? Congratulations on the award that you greatly deserve. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, I have been quite a few places around the world, and I uh, went to the Bouchard Gardens on one of my trips on the way to Alaska. Color, color, color. That is so beautiful. I know you went, and uh, the Amalfi Coast, I've been there also. But some of the older people uh, that's not physically able to travel... I have an idea to offer to you. If you could tell them just to go onto YouTube and type in uh, Bouchard Gardens and look at it on YouTube, it would take them all over that as you went, and also the Amalfi Coast, and also into uh, Jerusalem, uh, the garden there, and those olive trees are, oh, how beautiful that was. I was able to go there. But there's so many beautiful places on earth that people could go by YouTube that's physically not able to go and I appreciate you telling people about these trips that you've been on and how you could take them with you. And as you know, people that like flowers are happy people. They're not <laughs> grumpy people. And uh, saying all that to say this, I have uh, kept uh, peace tree seeds over the winter in the bottom of my refrigerator. Should I plant them in a pot, uh, like three in a pot, or plant them uh, individually uh you could do it either way, but I will tell you the first thing to do after you plant them is to cover with chicken wire because squirrels will dig them out in a heartbeat. I see. So whichever way you do is fine. I might lean towards putting them in the ground because you don't have quite as much likelihood of drying out there. Okay. But they've been stratified now. They've got the cold temperatures they need in order to germinate. So put it in a nice little sunny spot that you dug the ground up nice. It's nice and loose there. Stick them down about an inch or so. Two or three wouldn't hurt my feelings at all. And cover with chicken wire and wait, I'd wait till June or July, maybe, I guess, Bob, and you'll see little sprouts come up. And if more than one comes up, then dig it up very gently and separate them out. Maybe do that, I guess it'd be better to do that in the fall when the leaves are off. But if more than one sprouts, you can divide them. If only one sprouts, you've got one or two or three or four in the other holes you got, and now you have some more peaches. Well, thank you. And one other closing thing, all the beautiful flowers we have on Earth, I heard someone say one time, that's God's way of smiling on this. <laughs> it could well be. Have could a blessed well day, be. my friend. Nature smiles with flowers, and I do appreciate the conversation, Bob. Thanks for calling. Bye. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. This is the place you learn how to be more successful in your landscape. If you've got too much landscape to be happy, then you have too much landscape. If you want to know about turf grass, wait till the 8 o'clock hour. Clint Waltz from UGA is going to be here. He is our turf specialist. And even Clint may tell you what grass will grow in shade. Call him up and ask him. 404-872-0750. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news. Warm and